1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Coon. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN.
2: Nothing like it. Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. Welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host. Gabe Coon on Twitter at g underscore Coon seventy one former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman. I'm alongside the producer, executive producer, I should say, of the Gabe Coon Show. That'd be Connor Dunning at C Dunning nine two nine. Connor, what's happening, brother? You what's like up, all, sir? You like the rumor mill? Oh yeah, love like it. it. Gives us something to talk about. We have a lot to discuss on the Grizzlies rumor mill. A lot of Draymond smoke that we brought up yesterday. We got ahead. Of, we were ahead of it. We were ahead of it to be fair. And you brought it up, so I have to give you credit. But Draymond smoke is hot and heavy. And the Grizzlies, a lot of uh, national analysts think the Grizzlies should get involved now that Draymond Green has opted out of his $27.5 million player option with the Warriors. Um, we'll talk about that. Also, in general, um, Tyus Jones is supposedly being dangled in trade talks to try to upgrade wing depth for the Grizzlies. That's not surprising. We've been talking about that for a while. Um, So we'll discuss that as well. The Blazers continue to be the most ridiculous franchise in the NBA. Annoying. Damian Lillard. Now they're talking about a Bam at a trade. Apparently Dame doesn't want them to pick number three overall because he doesn't want to keep being alongside young guys. And the Blazers want to pick number three overall so they can prioritize young guys. So there's a a rift there. That they don't want to discuss. Now, um, as far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins will join at 5 o'clock. From the Jeff Calkins Show and from the Daily Memphian. He had a column today um, that is going to announce what his columns will be about going into the future. Less sports talk. Less sports talk, more lifestyle, Memphis-related. And he talked about um, the people and, and, and what the people want to hear around the city of Memphis. So we'll talk to him about 5 o'clock about what his, his new role at the Daily Memphian, is going to be. And then 6 o'clock, as normal, on a Tuesday, Christian Fowler will join Bluff City Media. Our our podcast is on the Bluff. Um, we are co-hosts on that, and you can find that Apple, Spotify, the whole nine yards. We'll talk a little bit of Grizzlies offseason and get into uh, Tigers. Tigers have – I mean, there's just a – checklist of items we need to talk to Christian about, whether it's Mikey Williams, DeAndre, uh, Chandler Lawson transferring yesterday, Larry Brown back in coaching, which we missed yesterday. Larry Brown at 82 years young going to Washington to be an assistant coach. Connor. Good for him. Yeah, good for him, I guess. I, I mean, I, you know what? you got to have a respect for a guy who does ne- He never runs from the grind. He's ready to hop back into the grind at whatever age he's at. Shout out Larry Brown, 82 years young, getting an assistant. He just wants to be around it. He just wants to be around it at that point, at this point. I mean, it's it's impressive stuff. But he is—he seems like that. I mean, at some point, I, regardless of where I'm at in life, I'm going to want to retire around eighty-two. Um, but there are coaches that, you know, if they're not doing that, they sort of drop. Man, I hope that I, make it. I hope I make
3: it to eighty-two. Yeah,
2: I, I, if you make it to eighty-two, you think you'll be working? Probably not. I I hope not. Yes. I hope not. You could be doing some, something you love.
3: I'll be watching movies.
2: But clearly, Larry Brown loves coaching basketball, and that's why he's still involved. Um, as far as the Blitz is concerned, um, that's where we'll talk about a little bit of Blazers, and then uh, I'll give you uh, my three surprise NFL teams uh, that I think you know. All the off-season movement is sort of behind us in the NFL. I'll give you the the three teams that I expect to surprise everybody the most coming up this season. Um, now I have to start here. <laughs> sort of, uh, I'll, I'll relate this back to. Uh, what, what it means locally. But have you seen the story about Patriots cornerback Jack
3: Jones? I have seen this it.
2: This is ridiculous. Okay, so he pled not guilty today to weapons charges stemming from a visit to Logan Airport um, in Boston where he possessed a Glock box with two guns and ammo, and the Glock box had his name on it. It had his name on it. I don't know how you can plead not guilty if you brought the Glock box to the airport and it has the name Jack Jones on the glo- like how do how do you how do you how do you get yourself out of that if your name is literally printed on the box in which all of the guns and ammo were in? But regardless, um, the charges he had possession of a concealed weapon in a secure area of the airport, uh, possession of ammunition without a firearm identification card, unlawful possession of a firearm, carrying a loaded firearm, and possession of a large capacity feeding device. Now, the reason I bring this up. It's not because I care deeply about what the Patriots have going on and what Jack Jones has going on. But Jack Jones, for those that don't remember, May 15th of this year tweeted at John Morant via his Twitter and said, At John Morant, you are dumb. You're letting social media and your pride ruin your real money. Put them guns down and run that money up. Make one of your homies sign up for security or concealed carry if you feel like you need it that bad. This same guy... Not a month later, well, a month and some change later, shows up to an airport with two guns and a Glock box and ammunition with his name on the damn Glock box.
3: What's that saying about (laughs) stones and glass houses?
2: Don't don't cast stones. You know know where you're not allowed to have a gun? An airport. An airport. Breaking Breaking news. Multiple guns and ammunition. Breaking news. Oh, but John Morant's dumb. John Morant's dumb. And he's I mean, talking least, about his money. Here's, here's here's the other part of this. At least really John ja wasn't at an airport. Here's the other part of this that gets me. You want to talk about John's money. John ja makes $194 million in five years, like over over five years. And, yeah, he's going to lose out on some of that, you know, you know not making all NBA. To, uh, obviously, it's still 194 but he could have had more money. It's messed up his money. Jack Jones is on a rookie contract in the NFL. John Morant's making $194 million. As much as he has messed up his money and, and lost out on about $50 million, he still has plenty coming to him compared to you, Jack. He still got that Nike money, too. <sighs> but I still can't get over, like, not guilty when you have a Glock box that they're accusing you of having with your name on it. Like, what do you expect them to think? that? They, I mean, what do you... all-time dumb move. <laughs> bringing, it, bringing any weapon through a security checkpoint at an airport is bad, much less two weapons with your name on the box the weapons are stored in. But John ja Morant's dumb. John ja Morant's dumb. And I listen, I think there's things about what Ja has done that are dumb, but uh, I don't think Jack Jones, considering what has happened a, a month and six days or five days later, I don't think he was the one who should have carried out that message. Do you? I Probably do Probably not. not. Now, on to the, the Grizzlies as a whole. We've had the rumor mill sort of spinning. Pretty heavily. And, and yesterday we talked about Draymond Green, who opted out of his $27.5 million player option with the Warriors. Now there's a lot of NBA analysts nationally that are talking about who should get involved in those sweepstakes, and the Grizzlies' name has come up pretty often. Brian Windhorst says, um, he said it on KJM this morning, that he really would like to see the Grizzlies go check in on Draymond Green. He thinks it would be a good missing piece for them. But Adrian Wojnarowski was on ESPN last night, and he had this to say. Get out in free agency. There'll be teams with salary cap space, like the Detroit Pistons from his
1: home state of Michigan, and then other teams who don't have salary cap space, uh,
2: mostly among contenders who would love to have Draymond Green. They'd need to work a sign-and-trade with the Warriors, and you could go through teams like Dallas, Phoenix, the Memphis Grizzlies, The Miami Heat, there'll be no shortage of contenders who'd love to find a way to get Draymond Green, but I think there's uh, ultimately a magnet between Draymond Green and the Warriors uh, that'll keep them talking and it'll get them back uh, toward trying to find a deal uh, to keep him in uh, the Bay Area. Now, ultimately, that last part really rings the loudest to me. I think when we get into these discussions about guys that have been at one franchise their entire career and they're coming up on the end of it and they're making a little too much money and maybe they're, you know, with Draymond, there's been some back and forth with some of the young players. He punched Jordan Poole in the face. We saw it. We saw it on, on a, a, a video recording. We understand what has, has transpired the last year and that may have affected how he was able to um, be a vocal leader behind the scenes. But I think the easiest answer is always the the most likely answer. I feel like Draymond ultimately ends up in a Warriors uniform going next year. There's a lot of sweat equity built up. Uh, I mean, when you hear Mike Dunleavy Jr., who's the new GM that took over for Bob Myers, when you hear Steve Kerr say what they've had to say about Draymond Green being the heart and soul of that franchise, I think it rings very true. And I think ultimately, when you look at Draymond as a player, Yes, Clay Thompson has been one of the big three, and he's been phenomenal. Steph Curry is the head of the snake. I think when you look at at number twos and and from a meaning standpoint to that particular Warriors dynasty, that team, I think Draymond Green's a number two, probably ahead of Klay Thompson with what he's able to do on the defensive end, because most of those years they won NBA championships, they were a top five defense in the NBA. This year, that was not the case, so they fell short. But Draymond Green has been, especially defensively, the head of the snake for that team for a long time. I ultimately think the Warriors and Draymond get it done.
3: Yeah, you know, to be honest, I hope that that doesn't happen because I would like to see that Warriors team get broken up a little bit. Of course. It, it would be nice to see the end end of that. Uh, so I, I hope that that Jordan Poole punch has a bigger ripple effect than people are kind of saying right now. But, you know, let's say that he doesn't go back to the Warriors for the sake of this conversation. Yep. He would be a very good Memphis Grizzly. And I know, you know, you and I have been talking about it, and I've been running it by a few people. And I know that Draymond has said that he wants somewhere around $30 million per year. And that's great. You know, you can want that, you know. But I just don't know if he's going to be able to get that on the market. And if you're the Grizzlies, you know, Woj... Mentioned a sign, sign and trade possibility, and that would be a possibility with the Grizzlies. Maybe they could send something there, but I would also make Draymond just say no to a contract. Like right. I would be like, "Hey, here's what we can offer you. This is a winning situation. You would be a key piece. You'd be a starter. You'd be, you know, you and Jared Jackson Jr. on the defensive end would be great. We need a veteran in that locker room. Dylan Brooks is gone, so you're not going to have to deal with him. I really do think that he fits the team and the city very well." all the things that you pointed out about what his role was during those championship teams, he's not that player anymore. He's not, but he's still a very, very good basketball player to have on the court, and he can make a lot of things happen. He's not going to help you out on the offensive end very much, but he really shores up that defensive side of the basketball. So make him say no to a deal. Like Make him say no. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to say, hey, Draymond, here's what we can offer you. If you say no, no harm. But here's, here's the deal. If you want to come to Memphis, come to Memphis.
2: Here's the most intriguing part about the conversation about his offense. Because I understand there's a lot of people out there that say, okay, what can he really give you offensively? Well, not much scoring. I think he can facilitate. And when he gets out and runs the break, he's still phenomenal. And he gets into passing lanes and he starts breaks because he gets steals and he's, he's very disruptive on the defensive end. But on the offensive end, I don't think it's about what he can give you. I I think it's more about what he does not do compared to a guy like Dylan Brooks. He's not right. going to just because they leave him open at the three point line doesn't mean he's going to chuck something up. He's not going to kill you. He does not kill you on the offensive end. There's some games where he can be pretty bad, and you know finishing at the rim's not a specialty at this point. Three point shooting, no, nothing about his scoring is special. But he's not going to put up. Fifteen shots a game. That's that's not that's not in his repertoire. That he doesn't he doesn't have
3: that in his bag anymore. Well, another big possibility here will, if Draymond does for somehow end up on the Grizzlies, there's a chance that it doesn't have to take Tyus Jones to get him. Yeah. Which means you would still have that flexibility to possibly go out and get that wing guy. So to your point. You wouldn't need Draymond for the offensive side of the no. basketball as much. Like you said, he's not going to kill you, but you would still have the flexibility to potentially go out there and get that that wing piece that could help you on the offensive end.
2: What is, and here's the thing with Draymond, like when you're prioritizing what he wants, obviously he said he wants a max or close to a max. Right. I don't know who can really do that for him. That's a, He wants to be in championship contention. It would be a if bad you, if team. You, if you know Draymond, he wants to be in championship contention. But who would do it? You say a bad team. I don't think that makes sense for a bad team because Draymond Green ultimately this ultimately at this point in his career is the extra defensive piece the culture piece that puts a champion or a, a playoff contending team into a championship contending team that's what he is at this point in his career if you put him on a bad team, I don't know if that facilitates a whole lot of winning necessarily. He's a winning basketball player, but what does he do for that cellar dweller? What does he do for the Charlotte Hornets? What does he do for the, the Houston the, Rockets? The Houston yeah. Rockets, not much, unless they add a whole lot of pieces around him um, that they can take a bulk of the scoring, that, that can do other things around him. He's been stuck by Steph Curry and Klay Thompson his whole career. If he wasn't by those guys, what would he mean? to a team that's sort of middle of the pack or lower lower down. I don't think even a bad team would be smart or well-served to give him anything close to $30 million a year or a max or close to a max. I think that would be dumb.
3: Yeah, I don't think Draymond's worth $30 million a year. No. I don't. That's why if, if you're the Grizzlies, you say, listen— we don't think you're going to get 30 million on the market if you do it's going to be from a bad team in a bad situation it's going to be like detroit or houston detroit would be a, is a better situation than houston right now i think that detroit actually has potential to be a solid basketball team but like you said
1: you are a fighter. and Ladella is your reward. Ladella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: He just doesn't really fit that timeline yet. He's not He's not washed, so you wouldn't have like the veteran there that's just kind of bringing along the young guys. He wants to be in a winning basketball situation, so that's why, if you're the Grizzlies, the way to kind of go about this is to be... You kind of call his bluff, like a little bit, just to see what happens. Again, there's no harm, no foul here with Draymond. If Draymond doesn't come to Memphis, no harm, no foul. But you can make him say no. Say, Draymond, we think that we can give you we, – we'll get you money, but we're going to give you years over money. We'll give
2: you the mid-level exception, yeah. whatever we'll it is. We'll give
3: you three for 36, yeah, something like that. Say no. That if he says no, million. cool. We'll give you that 30 million, but it's going to be over three years, not one year. Yeah. But to your point, though, it ultimately does feel like – that this is headed for either a Warriors reunion or that deal I'm talking about that he might take with the Grizzlies. I think he would take with the Lakers if LeBron like really, really talked to him. He is in, he did go to France with LeBron pretty much immediately. Yeah. Uh, so I would love Draymond here. I'm not sure it's gonna happen. I think it's very unlikely that it happens, but if it does, it will be a win for the Grizzlies. It will be a win for the culture. And I think that you would still be able to maintain some of that flexibility to potentially go get a wing player. You know, all I'm saying is that if the Grizzlies offseason look like Royce O'Neal and Draymond Green, that's a huge W. (laughs) Huge W. I
2: think so too. A lot of people are reaching, but people have been reaching higher for two years, and I think there's a lot of there's some there's some expectations. That probably need to be tempered from the OG Ananobi, OB or sure. just Cam Johnson view. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, need, you need to start aiming a little bit lower just because what's realistic right now and what you would have to pay for some of those guys at the top of the market is just not—I don't know if it's doable. I don't know if it, long-term it would be smart. Investment wise.
3: It's just Mikhail's not available, just straight up. Yes. You're not gonna get
2: bridges. I don't think Cam Johnson's really available. Cam's
3: either. so difficult because he's a restricted free agent. That's that's a whole different situation there. It seems like they also really like him there. Yeah. I think if you're gonna make a trade with the Nets, it's going to be for a pick and DFS yeah. or Royce. Now, Which I
2: think is very realistic. It's and Very I think, realistic. And I like I I, I was talking about it off air. Like, what would keep the like throwing Tyus? For Royce or DFS and a you know and they would it would be Tyus and in a, in a 25, probably 20, yeah. 25 this year for Royce or twenty two DFS like why why wouldn't why wouldn't that get done relatively quickly?
3: I think both sides would say yes to that yeah, it makes I, it I makes sense for both sides it gets Tyus to the starting guard. yeah and it gets him to his starting situation they would be solid they wouldn't be like good but they'd be solid and you know whatever they would lose from trading away DFS or Royce you know Tyus would help out that. That loss, it would it, it, would, it makes and sense for both sides. I really do think it does.
2: There's a discussion, obviously, we've been having about, okay, 25-game suspension for Ja, how do you feel about offloading Tyus and not having a, a natural point guard to fill in at that role when, when Ja's gone for 25 games. Obviously, I, I think a lot of people, especially here, me and you definitely think this way. I don't think you should let a 25-game suspension get in the way, in the way of the future. Now, obviously, it's all about what that front office is thinking, Right. It would be so against everything we've come to learn about that front office and Zach Kleiman if they were super worried about those twenty-five games and Tyus Jones being able to fill in. They've been so future oriented and they have been they 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 have sort of stuck by the fact that, you know, growth into a championship contention window is not a linear process. There's gonna be ups, there's gonna be downs. I feel like this this would if they are getting held up in trade talks by not wanting to offload Tyus because of a 25-game suspension. That wouldn't make sense. That would not follow the the script we've seen them follow since they've been running the Grizzlies.
3: Not at all, and that report today made it seem like they're sticking to their plan. The suspension's already come out, and we already know that they are still looking to try trade Tyus Jones to upgrade that, upgrade that wing position. I think that is what you have to do because— You know, this could be a conversation about the state of the NBA right now, but I think we've learned the last few seasons that first 25 games of the season, you can kind of get by. Like, they don't ultimately matter. Go look at the teams that were in the Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals, just that just happened. Like, those teams started off really rough, and they still ended up in the position to win a championship. So, you're having to try to get by with those first 25 games, and I am just of the opinion that you can get by with having Luke Kennard run the point, Desmond Bain run the point. You could do it by, by committee. Who knows? There yeah. might be a veteran out there that you can snag. There might be some young guy that you can snag. Listen, throw him in there no for matter what. Games. You can figure that out. No matter figure what. figure
2: that out. Running point uh, – a uh, uh, backup point guard running for 25 games when you don't have Tyus Jones, it'll be –
3: Rough. It'll be ugly. It's there's, not going to be Tyus. It's not going to be ideal. Tyus Nothing, Jones is a perfect backup point guard. Nothing's going <laughs> to like you're not you, going to be if you better. don't
2: have Tyus and you offload him for a Royce O'Neill, You offload him for a DFS and you and you strengthen your wing depth and you strengthen that starting wing position. Those twenty five games are like it's going to be ugly. It's going to be hard to deal. It's going to be scrappy with. But you're. I mean, you. There's ways to get around it. Yeah. Right. Like I. You know, the Luke Canards of the world, the Dez has done a good job on ball at times. You're just going to have to go by committee and figure it out that way. And I know there's a lot of people sort of stuck on that. Who the hell plays uh, point guard for 25 games? I think that's irrelevant two years from now. This entire discussion about Tyus Jones for 25 games is irrelevant two years from now if you make the right moves.
3: Yeah, it's irrelevant as soon as Jaw steps back on the court. Yes. Whenever you get job back, it's like, oh, okay, cool. We're going to roll with this team now. Like that's ultimately you want to make the moves, that you can win a championship with making a move because of a 25 game suspension yeah. isn't that it's yeah. just, it's not just not that
2: move. Yeah.
3: it's just that's just not what you need and I love Tyus Jones to death but we've also had two straight years of him you know playoffs have not been great yep. you know he had his moments in the in the Minnesota series for sure had his Man. moments but you know they needed they needed a bit more from him i just think that it's time for the grizzlies and tyus to kind of move on i think that it's been great for both parties it's been tremendous, but it is now time for Tyus to go be that starting point guard that all of us think he can be, and this and brings, bring us back assets. It
2: brings us back to the discussion, just consistently of okay, you attach yourself to these guys, and you you really do love these guys, but at some point, even if they're foundational pieces, if it makes you better to offload them, you offload them. Now that's how you have to go about. You can't get too attached to any one guy. I guess obviously the guy, the top three guys in this in this Grizzlies lineup of of Jaron, Ja, and Des, get attached to them. I don't think they're going anywhere. They're no. untouchables. But everybody else that has played a massive role along the way, the Brandon Clarks of the world, the Steven Adams of the world, the Tyus Jones of the world, you can't get too attached because eventually something may come along where those guys can be involved in a trade, and you have to offload them to make yourself better at that moment.
3: Absolutely, and to your point about how, let's say that it is like a Royce O'Neill or a DFS or something like that, it's not necessarily the sexy wing guy that you wanted, yeah. it's not the OG or the McHale, but – you know, the marginal improvements that you're going to get from Jaw, from Bain, from Jaron can make up that gap. And then adding a guy like Royce O'Neal or DFS, who's not going to hurt you offensively, gives you plus things on the defensive end and that can hit a corner three. That's exactly what you're looking for. Then you still got Luke Kennard. You've got depth on that team. Hit the ground running. See what you can do. Make some noise. I, I You know, I would be excited to see it.
2: Now, before we discuss...
3: Um, the Jake Fisher report. Jake Fisher,
2: of course, NBA reporter, national reporter for Yahoo. Um, he was talking about the Grizzlies exploring those trade opportunities with Tyus, and we'll say we'll talk about what that could potentially mean. Um, I am, I shouldn't be overly surprised, but I am somewhat surprised at how well received the Draymond rumors to the Grizzlies have. Been. They've been received pretty well by the fan base. I'm
3: telling you, man. It's not, I mean, we've like, learned our lesson yeah. with Steven Adams and Mario Chalmers. It is yeah. we have learned that. You know, if, if if you provide if you provide some value, that sports game hey, turns a sports once love. Once that M hits the front of your jersey, you're one of us. Yeah. You're one of us. We I know that Draymond so. likes whoop that trick. He was singing along with us during the game. I guess, so, but it is very well received. I think a lot of people are on board with I think it if they because can make it makes it sense. It makes basketball sense. You're yeah. not trying to force in a guy when you look at the basketball. Draymond Green makes sense on this team. Now, the conversation that gets awkward is, BCX, Santi, (laughs) Steven. Somebody's got to go. Yeah, And I think that we know, unfortunately, who that answer might be. But, you know, that's a conversation that you'd have to have if you can get Draymond Green.
2: And I'm assuming you're pointing to BC, Brandon.
3: Unfortunately, Clark. but that's just—it's the easiest move contract, I, I, and he's got a torn Achilles.
2: With Brandon Clark, I have—I am—I am—I want to be hopeful. I do too. I want to be super hopeful. I love Brandon Clark. I love what he's been able to provide. He's been fantastic. He's one of my favorite Grizzlies ever. But it's just so hard to project a guy that's a runner and a leaper with that Achilles to really come back and be that same guy. Right. It's hard. He. I. I th- and also, like, I. I am not. Precluding. Like, I think it's very possible that Brandon Clark could morph his game to become maybe a little less runner, runner and leaper. You know what I mean? He still will have that, but it, maybe you can't go into the well as much and, and bring that out. Maybe you have to get a mid-range jump shot. Maybe you have to shoot better from the three-point line. We saw him be able to do that his, his rookie year. Obviously, it's fallen off since. But there's always chances for, for a guy like Brandon Clark, who I think is a worker, to morph his game to be more well received even with a surgically repaired Achilles.
3: Speaking I've, of Brandon Clark, I could hit you with the trade.
2: Okay. Possibility. Do we have a who says no? We, okay. we
3: might have we have quick. a potential who says no here. All right. Brandon Clark, Zaire, 25, and one other pick to the Hawks for DeAndre Hunter.
2: Who says no? I I don't. Oh. Oh. That's tough. I would say if if somebody's going to say no, it would be from the
3: Grizzlies' side. Really? Oh, I see. I think the Hawks might say no. Do you think the Hawks are that attached to DeAndre Hunter at this point? I don't think they're attached to DeAndre Hunter. I just don't know if this package is good enough for DeAndre Hunter.
2: They offloaded a whole lot to go get DeJounte Murray, and they probably want some picks back and they want some cap relief, considering they haven't been that good. I would think, you know— it would depend on what the Grizzlies truly think about DeAndre Hunter. Like, I think do they, DeAndre Hunter's very I think he'd, good. I think he'd be great. Very good. I don't think the Hawks are that attached to him, so I don't know if the Hawks would be the team that says no there. I, w- I mean, ultimately, it depends how the Grizzlies value. I think that the value DeAndre Hunter, but I think the value there for DeAndre Hunter as that starting three, slotting him in there would be pretty substantial. I think he'd be a very good fit for the Grizzlies. I think he'd be a good fit. But do you think the Hawks would say no to that? I think that, two two first. So you, so you're
3: saying two first two players? No one pick. One pick. Okay. One yeah one pick. I think if if you threw in a second pick, maybe what the reason I think they would say no. I think you could start a conversation. Pick, I, I think, think that would be no. like a we're going to say no to this, but let's have a conversation type of type of no. You know what I mean? I think there would be a counter from the Hawks because I do think that DeAndre Hunter is going to be available. New owner, new coach, new regime. What's been work with the last few years? It hasn't really been working out for them. He's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle there a bit. Right. He makes sense on the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies have a few pieces that they could use, but the question is they're in win now mode for Atlanta right now. That's that's the thing. Would they take <laughs> yeah. BC? Would they take and Trey they Young take tweeted that
2: he after the Nuggets one, Trey Young said that they're next, didn't he? Yeah, he sure. That yeah, good next. luck
3: with that. Yeah. Good luck with that. So I
2: mean I thought you said two picks. Two picks I think that Two picks that, maybe. I think that's Grizzlies throwing a lot of value into there into into a player like DeAndre Hunter. So I think the Hawks would be totally fine with two picks. One pick, I guess I get your point about maybe the the, the, the Hawks wanting to just stick by DeAndre Hunter at that point if they're not getting that much in return. So I just I mean, don't
3: know how much people value B.C. right now. Yeah, That's no. the thing. I just don't know what his value is. I think a lot of
2: pick. people are uncomfortable. With, I'd make
3: him say no, though. Yeah. DeAndre Hunter scores th- 16 a I game in a the playoffs. I think a lot of people
2: are uncomfortable with Brandon Clark right now considering how long this rehab stint's going to be and what the actual rehab's going to entail. I see. And like as a leaper and a runner, the way he is, like it's so hard. Just having played and having had to trust injuries, even minor injuries and coming back, return return to play, trusting that Achilles, people that have torn their Achilles will tell you that is one of the hardest hurdles to potentially get over. Like his, you you use it constantly to jump, to push off, to even walk, to run, like everything that you know with your posterior your lower body is connected to the to the, those Achilles so like uh, Brandon Clark getting to getting back to trusting that Achilles after it's surgically repaired I just I think a lot of people see that and are a little discouraged
3: I I wish for the best hope for the best but if a trade that makes sense for the Grizzlies come up and they want him, I think you have to do it.
2: Now we have a Jake Fisher report. Grizzlies exploring trade opportunities uh, to help Tyus Jones land a full-time starting position elsewhere. We'll talk about the opportunities there, and we'll get back to it on the other side right here on 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
2: Back in on the Gabe Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. I'll explain here in a little bit why Bob Huggins' daughter probably needs to stay off Facebook. Good Lord. I can't believe this is – I mean, it drops right turn on the show. What are we talking about? What are we – but anyways, what I came here to talk about, Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports, um, and we sort of referred to this a little bit in the first segment, says the Grizzlies are exporting – exploring trade opportunities to help Tyus Jones land a full-time starting position elsewhere, which I I think is pretty cool. The fact that the Grizzlies and Tyus Jones are trying to, the Grizzlies are trying to work on Tyus Jones' behalf to give him what he ultimately wants. They gave him a decent contract this offseason, and now maybe things have run their course. They want some wing help. They they need to offload him and let him go be a starter somewhere else. Now, obviously, with that wing depth, Jones is a massive name. Tyus Jones is a massive name to watch for, the Brooklyn Nets, no surprise there. We've been talking about Dorian Finney Smith and Royce O'Neill. I, I, to be honest with you, one of the more underrated discussion points that I tend to stand by when it comes to why the Grizzlies need to try and go make it happen with one of those two. They're the same player, Dorian Finney Smith and Royce O'Neill. Royce O'Neill just makes nine million per year, um, and Dorian Finney Smith makes thirteen million a year. They're thirty years old. They play the same position. They're six seven. They shoot threes and they play defense. That's what they are. So the Nets don't need one of them, right? They, they just get rid of one of the two. You have two of the same player. Uh, you can keep one. You can offload the other. Now, I think the, the, the Grizzlies will run into a little bit of competition. I know the Pacers have been in contact. Listen to every MLB game live. In the
1: deep left center field, it is high.
2: It is far. It is
3: gone. Stream minor league affiliates.
2: The Midwest League home run leader.
3: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month.
2: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game.
3: Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB
2: app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. With the Nets about Dorian Finney-Smith, maybe not Royce O'Neal as much, but Dorian Finney-Smith has come up in those conversations. The reason I think the Grizzlies need to go in heavily and see what it takes is one, I don't think the price is too heavy up front. So a trade package would, again, look like Tyus Jones in 25 for one of those guys and their pick, right? It would be sort of a straight swap, if you will. The other part of this is when you get in the business of going after younger 3 and D two-way wings, like Cam Johnson, like Macau Bridges, like OG Ananobi, what happens when you have to start footing that bill? What happens with your cap situation? How does it look? You're already going to be paying Jaron. You're paying Ja. It's inevitable. You're paying Desmond Bain. It's inevitable. What happens when OG Ananobi says, I want a max? What happens when Mikal Bridges comes back and says he deserves a max? Cam Johnson, what happens when he says he deserves $30 million per year? Which I think is inevitable because all, of those, all of those guys, relatively young, heading down that path, really good offensively, great defensive players. When you get guys like Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal, again, Dorian Finney-Smith, $13 million a year. Royce O'Neal, $9 million a year. They're both 30 years old. When it comes time to extend them, they're not asking for a whole lot of money. They're asking for that same contract, if not a slight escalation. It may even go down their price, their value on the open market as their age gets up there. So I feel as if, From a cost-benefit perspective, these are the guys that need to be paid attention to the most by the Grizzlies front office. And it feels like, ultimately, that's where this thing lands, and that's where they're putting a lot of their time at right now. Putting a lot of their time
3: in right now. Very much agree with that. You can just look at the situation that the Grizzlies are kind of dealing with right now. You had Dylan Brooks. You got to sign him on an extension. That was a team-friendly deal. But ultimately, when it came down to it, he's going to go and he's going to get his money. Even a player like Dylan Brooks is going to get eighteen to $20 million on the market. So when you talk about guys like OG, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, yeah, those guys are going to be max players or close to a max when you look at the market right now, especially for 3 and D wings. They are not easy to find, so they come at a premium. So when you're able to maybe go out and get one that's a little bit older that also knows what their role is going to be on a team and it's not going to break the bank slash break the asset bank, you do it. You Mm -hmm. absolutely do it.
2: Yeah. You just have to – as much as you want that short-term boom of like, okay, we have this other star player that's going to be a four for us, especially offensively, and he's going to be great and he fits the role perfectly – just think about a little bit into the future. When he asks for an extension, if he's making upwards of 40 million, $35, $40 million a year, the Grizzlies are going to have to pay that bill. And ultimately, I mean, if you're making that type of money, how's your role acceptance at that point? I just think there's a lot of things that could come in, where it's like Royce O'Neal, DFS, I feel like those two guys, ultimately, as, especially as vets that I think could help the locker room, I think they're drama-free. I think there's just a drama-free
3: aspect. I don't to know what their voice sounds in. like. I don't know what either of them. I don't know what their voice sounds like. That's a good sign. Yeah,
2: but like I, I just think it, it's more drama-free. Yeah. bringing in guys w- w- like that that could still help you in a grand scale,
3: um, but don't cost as much. On top of that, too, we keep kind of circling this. Go look at what the Phoenix Suns did right now. They are trying to put together a quote-unquote big three. That is what KD's been trying to do. It's what every single NBA team tries to do because in the NBA there is a thought that if you get a big three, everything will figure itself out. The Grizzlies already have their big three. They're not looking for that third guy. You don't have to hit a home run. It doesn't have to be the perfect player. When you're looking for that fourth or fifth piece that's going to help you out marginally on the offensive end, that's going to give you some defensive minutes, you don't have to go out and get an OG. You can get a guy like Royce. You can get a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith. I know we keep kind of beating this horse, but look at the Nuggets. Look at what the Nuggets did. Now, yes, I will acknowledge the Nuggets have Nikola Jokic. He makes a lot of things easier. (laughs) He makes everybody around him better. But the Grizzlies also have players that can do that. John Morant, you know. For this conversation, we are assuming he came back and he is John Morant that we know and love. You know, after that twenty-five game suspension, I don't, I
2: don't know how you can assume anything else if you right. want to make any moves to make your team a championship right. contender.
3: Right. So when you when you look at it you that way, you've it. got your three pillars. You have the guys already that most NBA teams are fighting to get anything close yes, to that level right. of three guys. So you don't have to have that crazy home run move. Just make the move that makes your team damn good. Just yes. make it that move. Make it. Th- it's not a distraction. The money makes sense. They're gonna hit a three and they can defend a wing player. That's, That's what you're it. looking for. And those two That's it. those two
2: guys fit. Because then those you already got fit. Steven Adams, and you got I, X, I you
3: have, got Santi.
2: I have finally come Luke. around to where most people have been for a while. Because I, I I I thought, you know, prioritizing offense, considering what Dylan Brooks did to you offensively. I thought prioritizing offense was sort of the massive more massive need than the defensive side. i finally come around to a guy like Dorian Finney Smith. Royce O'Neal, the defensive prowess they give you. You just have more rotational ability, with if, especially if Luke Kennard stays and you don't have to trade him this offseason. You have Luke Kennard as that three-point offensive wing. Now you can get that defensive wing, and the rotational opportunities start to open up for you and you feel a lot more comfortable what you're, about what you're putting out there consistently. And you feel a little deeper if
3: you get that defensive piece. So I think those are the two guys. Now— well- Real quick to that though, if the offensive guy is the one that becomes available, you still do it. You still yeah. do it. And That's where like we're really kind of talking about the Kyle Kuzma situation here. And he opted out of his player option opting out today. makes it much more difficult. I don't. I don't even know if he's a possibility anymore, really, because like we talked about, guys like him are going to get about twenty million dollars on the market right now. If he had opted into that deal for thirteen point one, I you think can make he may this, get more. Economy. I think he's going to get a lot of money, dude. Kyle Kuzma 20, had, a a had a very good season. had a very very, and that's. It's another thing, Bradley <laughs> Beal. That Wizards team should have been so much better. Yeah. And when you're the number one guy, and they were terrible like that, I just that's a whole. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole. Kyle Kuzma. I agree with you. I think he's going to get a lot of money now that he opted out.
2: Yeah, but 13, he's going to. I think 20 is probably low end of what he'll probably get per year. Right, 25, probably 25, 30. I mean, he's
3: earned it. The dude, 21, a had game. a very, very 27 good season. Seven
2: years old. He gives you an offensive punch. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. We'll see. It just we'll probably see.
3: doesn't make sense for the Grizz anymore.
2: Yeah, no. I, I think that ship has sailed with him opting out. Um, now, Bob Huggins' daughter. What's it, Jackie? Is her name Jackie? It's, it's on, on Twitter, it's, J-A, it's Jacques is how she spells it, but I don't think she's Jacques Huggins. I'm going to assume it's Jackie. But Bob Huggins' daughter went on Facebook. Not, what was it, an hour ago? An hour or so ago, and she wrote a long worded, and I mean, relatively insane
3: Facebook post.
2: Yeah, it was that, about three o'clock. That uh, the contents of which I am just appalled at, and I can't believe she's saying what she's saying within this Facebook post. But she contends that Bob Huggins and the cans that were in his car that he put into a garbage bag that some were actually loose and rolling out of the car when he got pulled over. She says that those cans were in his car because he's a recycling enthusiast. <laughs> that was, that's, part of, that's part of the contents of this Facebook post. And then she went on to say, Bob Huggins is not an alcoholic because blowing a <laughs> – he's not an alcoholic because she says he drinks – Simply, like 90% of us do. Reminder, Bob Huggins, .210, when he got pulled over in a car with a lot of recycling, according to her. So she says that the, the her excuses for, uh, for her dad... Is that the reason he had can, so many cans in his car? Is because he's a recycling enthusiast and he drinks like ninety percent of us do, even though he blew a .210 while driving a motor
3: vehicle. So somebody broke down. I come on, man. So yeah, it's ridiculous. What, it's ridiculous. I understand it's your dad. You that's an all-time dumb post. That's, it's, I understand that you're trying to tell your story, but like, come on. No, that's could have killed, killed, killed somebody. He, he could have killed somebody. He could have killed himself.
2: Somebody else. He had a shredded tire on the side of the road. Blew a .210. And, and he made the choice to get in his car and drink and drive. He made that active choice. By, that's what it tells me, by having a damn garbage bag in there to throw
3: your empties away in.
2: It really there's bothers me. There's no excuses me. you can make for this guy. There,
3: there's none. Somebody, well, one, somebody pointed out that the contents of the bag, when you break it down... 18 Miller Lite cans and 2 Diet Coke cans. So yeah, he's a he's a recycling enthusiast. But you know what you have to do to recycle a can? Drink it first. You got to drink it first. So how did those cans get there? You want to answer 18, that question? 18 Miller Lights 18 and Miller 2 Diet Likes. Cokes. Dude's a tank. Well, Let's did she, down? Well, did, like, she, still.
2: did she uh did she ever did she mention that well at least he was drinking Diet Cokes to try to keep yeah, himself up and, yeah.
3: up and awake? I mean, it's, what are it, we talking about? It also bothers me too when in posts like this you talk about how We've got to be forgiving and understanding as humans, and everybody makes mistakes. He could have killed people. She talked about glass houses, and it's like, what? No, what, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, but, like, I've never gotten behind the wheel of a car when I was blowing a 2-1. Like, that's not that's not what normal people do. People aren't in glass houses. We're not throwing rocks in glass houses by being like, you could have killed somebody. Don't do that. Don't dr-. Telling people not to drink and drive isn't being we- high and mighty. It's being intelligent. It's using your brain.
2: The anger I have toward Bob Huggins for this decision he he made is pretty damn high. I obviously still think he needs help. Like, in that part of it, like, you, you start to feel bad a little bit, and you're just, you're thankful that there were no lives lost in this situation, but there very well could have been. Yes. There was a high likelihood if he was in traffic with a lot of folks. Obviously, it was late at night or early in the morning, so there wasn't a lot of people on the road, but he, there was a, substantial chance if he there were people something. on the road that he would have, would have damaged himself or someone else. And I, that makes me absolutely despise the decision he made. And for his daughter to come out and say, well, he's a recycling enthusiast and he drinks like 90% of us dude. 90% of us don't drink 18 Miller Lights while we're sitting at the wheel for an extended period of time. That's not how 90% of us drink. I don't know about you. When I drink a Miller Lite, if I drink a beer, I'm usually at my house, and I'm not. My keys are put away in a drawer somewhere. I'm not leaving the house, and I'm certainly not bringing a garbage bag out to my passenger side and bringing a 24 pack with me
3: to go for a night drive. If you wanted to that's recycle, not, just, just not put it normal. in your recycle bin. Also idiot like it doesn't make any sense why like it just doesn't make any sense it's it's an all-time dumb excuse and did do, you
2: notice 90, one of the- do do 90% of us think that we're in a different city than we're actually in at that moment when we when we're intoxicated like have you ever been drunk enough where you're in memphis and you think you're in st louis has that happened to you i don't think so i don't think that's happened to 90% of us i, I really don't so i think did, it's
3: jackie did jackie
2: did you, huggins please let it go did you please notice do in one of
3: the photos that she put up there's a beer in it. It's like, what are we doing? Where, where's the PR team? Where's the PR team here? He's a
2: recycling enthusiast.
3: Come on. She did take a picture of the damn
2: garbage the, the garbage bag, didn't she?
3: Yeah, that's not the issue. It's that it's we have what he blew. We know that he was hammered. All right. We know, like, it's it's such a silly argument to make. It's like I don't care how much recycling he's doing. He was like, how? What was it again? What? What was his blood alcohol? 0. 0.21. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> 0.21. Like, I, no. There's no. There's no excuses you can make for the guy. And this was just it was, it was on the heels of him using an anti gaysler on Cincinnati radio. Like, he, he's, he's got the ability to get an Uber. He's got the ability to get a driver. Like, you run out of excuses. And, no, I can't give a guy grace who put himself in harm's way and put others in harm's way. With his actions, and I, and I'm I can't sorry. give someone grace.
3: Like she that. also mentioned how he's not an alcoholic, but he said he would go to rehab for sixty days.
2: Well, and also, I know she's saying it's a recycling enthusiast. That's an alcoholic move. Yes, to bring a damn garbage bag in your.
3: Never mind. Let's let's just move when, on. Let's when when eighteen on. of the twenty cans are alcohol, yes,
2: you're probably probably pretty dependent on alcohol.
3: Numbers never lie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, they say women lie, men lie. Numbers don't. No. Yeah. yeah. So. Bob Huggins' daughter, in rare form on Facebook. Most people are in rare form on Facebook. Yes, they are. I stay away from that app these days. It's a scary app to be on. Scary app to be on. But uh, know who's not scary to bring on. That would be Jeff Calkins. Jeff Calkins will join next. He made a big announcement today uh, in in sort of discussing what his new new duties will be at the Daily Memphian as a columnist. We'll talk about that, among other things, on the other side. 92.9 FM ESPN.